Welcome to the Dreamcatcher Podcast, a place where you'll receive a boost of inspiration, practical advice, and tools to maximize your success and personal happiness. And that's not all. You'll also get plenty of guidance on how you can use your gifts, talents, and compassion to contribute towards making the world a better place. Be sure to sign up for our free weekly newsletter for a preview of what's in store and to also receive a free ebook. To sign up, simply visit www.thedreamcatch.com. Now it's my pleasure to introduce you to the host of the Dreamcatcher podcast, Celine Chinoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dreamcatcher podcast, a place where your dreams can find a voice. As children, we believe that anything is possible. We view the world through the lens of openness, joy, and curiosity. Sadly, many of us lose this perspective as we grow older. The challenges of adult life can cause us to focus on the limitations instead of the opportunities that are available to us. The good news is that we can transform this by nurturing a mindset that helps us stay focused on our dreams. My guest, Dr. Trevon James, who's been helping people do this for many years, is here to tell us how. Dr. Trevon James is a life coach, inspirational speaker, radio host, and author of Freedom is Your Birthright. She is the founder of the Next Step Leadership Academy and Everyday Peace, a platform where she inspires others to build the life of their dreams. She's also an actress whose career credits include a recurring role on HBO's acclaimed The Wire, several stage plays, and independent films. During our conversation, Dravon will inspire us to live our best lives by helping us develop a healthy mindset focused on growth and resourcefulness. She's also going to offer advice on dealing with the obstacles and detours so that it does not deviate us from our path. If you like what you heard, please don't forget to like, rate, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Thank you. Hello, Javon. How are you doing today? I am wonderful. So great to be here with you. It's great to be with you. It's lovely to talk to you again. Uh, it's been a while. How have you been? I've been wonderful. You know, this life experiences, you know how it does, it goes in circles. So I've been experiencing it all, but it's all been in gratitude. How about that's, you? <laughs> that's great because now um, we're talking uh, in a different time and age. I think we spoke before the pandemic, a couple of years before the pandemic, and now it's like things have changed. And during and during that time, it's it's been stressful. And I'm sure uh, you were working with clients who were probably going through a really really tough time, just as everyone else was. Yeah, it's so interesting that people, um, we as a whole, right? We we get used to what we think is a rhythm and a routine. And then we get reminded that um, this, this is life and it's happening and every day is new. And I think that the pandemic really showed us that, that every day is new, no matter how routine our tasks may seem, every day holds some bit of surprise and some bit of the unknown. Right. Like a once in a century pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Which, Anyways, which, which brings yeah. with it, you know, in the in the in the words of Charles Dickens, it's the best of times and the worst of times, right? 
because we totally. definitely had some hardships in there, but there were definitely some wonderful things that we discovered about ourselves and about other people, about our country. It's been, you know, it's been a bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great growth opportunity for a lot of people where they had to really reflect on their life and, you know, their their place in it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so today we're here to discuss one of my favorite things to talk about, uh, which is believing in our dreams and overcoming limitations. Um, and this is something we all struggle with at some point in our lives, um, especially if we're high achievers, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I love I love the title of your show. So I, dreams are just like, um, they're like the magic potion of life, right? And I'm, I'm always challenged. I work with executive coach clients and life coach clients, but I'm always um, challenged when I hear people say that I don't have any dreams, right? I don't have any dreams. And it really, you know, it's, the biggest challenge is to get that fire of passion lit back in them. So, you know, being able to pursue your dreams, knowing that you already have them, and you know what they are is, is, is wonderful. You're already halfway there if you if you identify what your dreams are. Right, right. And we'll get we'll get into that later on in the interview. But for now, uh, Javon, let's begin by talking about your personal journey. Um, how did you come to this place of self-worth and eventually doing work that you love? Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad. This is a loaded question. I love it. So I'll give you the, 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 the abbreviated version. But um, my whole life, I have been interested in, um, you know, passion and life experience and, and service really. I, I'm a, my doctor degree is in pharmacy, but well before that with my mom's, the mystery of life and, and what makes people behave the way that they do, what makes people shrink back from themselves. When I was 17, my, my brother gave me a book, um, The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. And wow. it sort of tied my, my interest, you know, it, that was like the eureka moment for me because I realized this is what I want to do with my life. I want to be able to help people connect to their inner self and live from the inside out and not be so swayed by what the external world shows them, but to be more aware of their influence on the external world. So that journey for me started way back in the beginning, but consciously at the age of 17, that's when I knew, like I knew this is what I wanted to do. I didn't even know what it was called. Actually. I didn't know I wanted to be a life coach. I didn't know if I wanted to be a motivational speaker, inspirational speaker. I had never really heard those terms before, but um, at the time I had just um, been accepted to pharmacy school and it was a great way to be of service to people. But I knew that that was service on a different level that I was looking for something different. I did finish, you know, become a pharmacist, obviously, but along that pathway, I kept studying everything that I could get my hands on, um, what I call peace, you know, studying peace. And, and it, that definition evolved for me over the years, but it led me to the place that I am at now, which is life coaching, executive coaching, um, inspirational speaking and writing, just really anything that I can do that helps people to reconnect with themselves and, and give of themselves the best of themselves to the world and have their best life experience. Oh, that's beautiful. Were there any key, any key events that led you down this path? Because I know that some people, they go through those dark phases or they go through a really challenging phase in their life. And then they kind of look for that guidance that can help them find their way back. Did that ever happen to you? Were there any specific uh, milestones in your life? I think, um, well, one, I'm going to say how, how I was always doing this, like um, I probably started seriously right out of college. So um, but 
I was speaking a, a little bit and then I had there two events that happened in my life that really made me say, you know, go for the gold, go and try to reach more people. And the first was that I normally, I was a consultant as a, as a pharmacist, I consulted with um, long-term care facilities. And I, part of my consulting was I did keynote speaking. And one day um, someone called me and asked me to do a keynote speak, uh, speech for their company event. And they said, you know what, when you come, we don't want you to talk about pharmacy or anything that has to do with compliance issues. We want you to talk about that everyday peace segment that you do at the end of all of your other talks. And I thought, wow, that's just my own personal stuff. It has, it was what I did with to kind of energize and um, the medical staff, you know, it's a really difficult profession. I just wanted to give them some, something to think about. And they wanted me to do a whole hour on that. And I said, well, this is really, really resonating with people. It's really helping people. So that was my first cue that I should go more deeply into it. But then in 2015, my life as I knew it changed. um, I've been married for 20 years and it was apparent that my marriage was coming to a very quick end. Um, And my health, I got diagnosed with um, chronic health disease disorder. And, and so, and, and I lost my job. So all in the same year, imagine that, right? That's a perfect (laughs) storm of events. My goodness. Right. Imagine that all in the same year. So, and you know, in in everyday peace, I talk about pyramid health, wealth, and relationships. Well, my health was failing, and I lost my job and my, my, my most, I guess, precious relationship to me was dissolving. And it was in that moment that I started becoming more self-aware. And I said, how are you still having this zest and zeal for life? Where is this coming from? Where is this uh, positivity coming from? And I had my down days. I really did. But where is this overall um, zeal for life? Where is it? Where is the stream of this? And I realized it was in gratitude and it was in the practices that I was doing every day that I was teaching, but I hadn't been teaching it on a larger scale. And that's when I decided... um, that I was going to make this my full-time vocation, if you will. My my absolute passion was to teach people that their happiness comes from within. The life that they see, the external things will happen, right? But your true um, sense of self that comes from within. And if you are grounded there, my goodness, you'll weather every storm and you'll come out better than what you were. So that the 2015 was my turning point for sure. Right. That's, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing, uh, Trevon. Um, okay, so let's talk about dreams. And as kids, we believed that anything is possible for us, right? We wanted to be, um, I know I wanted to be an astronaut. I know some people who wanted to be a scientist or, you know, they wanted to do all kinds of things. Uh, but then as they grew older, they changed their mind and they started focusing on what feels like a sensible thing to do, um, especially when it comes to their career. Um, And so we become increasingly focused on our limitations instead of opportunities and what's possible for us. So why why do you think that happens? And it's so interesting because if you think about it, and I'm a parent, I have two children, one just graduated from undergrad on a way to grad school and one's an undergrad. And I'm so I'm guilty of this. This is not me being critical. But I think as a parent, one of the things that we constantly teach our children is one, what's going to be your act of service, right? What are you, what are you going to give? Right. And two, how are you going to take care of yourself? And as parents, we worry all the time, right? How are you going to take care of yourself? How are you going to make good decisions? And we want to make sure that when we're doing those things, when we're teaching those things to our children, we're teaching it in a way that says, 
you can do right? Instead of be careful, that might not work, right? So I think a lot of that has to do with it. It's just, you know, how in our loving way as parents, how we really want the best for our children. Sometimes out of fear we parent, we want to kind of switch that to out of um, out of love of anything's possible from the greatest, most positive standpoint. And then what also happens as, as we continue to grow in life too, um, we are not really taught how to affirm ourselves, right? We're taught about um, looking for making, and something that um, John Maxwell, he's a leadership coach that I follow a lot. He talks about if you're a D student in something, people really prod you to become the best in that area possible, right? So that means that you're focusing on something that may not be your God-given talent, but you're putting a lot of effort in it. And generally what you'll get up to is a C. Right? You'll take yourself from a D to C and we, we applaud that, right? But if you really focus on the on your passions, really focus on those areas, things that excite you, things that you're really good at, and take that from an A to an A plus, then you're probably validating your true, your true self, right? Instead of digging deep in there and, and getting that little, one little area and said, this is my area that I'm not so good at and I'm going to focus on that. And it sounds good on the surface, but it really does impact our lifelong range where we tend to look at things from um, our, our state of inadequacy and say, well, I'm not really good at this, but I'll try. Instead of saying, I'm great at this. I love this. This is what I came to give. I'm going to spend more time getting better and better at this. That's a whole shift in mindset. And we really are not taught as a people to do that. We're taught, well, you know, you may be good at that. That's great. But look here, this, this area is not so good. Spend some more time on that. And I'm in no way advocating for us not being our best self. I'm just saying most of our attention should really go to the things in life that really excite us, our passions. And from there, we'll live this life of wonderment, this life experience that not only enhances the lives of others, but lets us live at our highest state instead of at the, you know, at the mediocrity um, level. Yeah, I love that. And that's why I think parenting um, is so important uh, when it comes to this, because we need someone who can actually spot our talents and to actually take a vested interest in our growth. Having a parent or some kind of mentor who can show us a way and it can help us identify our gifts and what we're passionate about, I think that is really essential and it really helps you get a head start in life because I've seen people who have been, you know, super successful in whatever they're doing, they've had that guidance early on in their life. Um, and I'm sure you have seen it too. So yeah. yeah, that's a very good point you make. That's so interesting too. We can even about guidance. And I want to say this, even as parents, right? We get to this point where we're, where we're mentoring. It's, that's what jobs parenting is that ultimate mentoring position, right? Yeah. But also to remember that we also have to continue to grow. We also have to continue to fuel our passions. And so therefore we should be having a, someone who's mentoring us too. Never in this lifetime, there's, there's an abundance of people on the planet earth. Thank goodness. And thank goodness for all this technology that we have. Um, we, there's no reason why we should not have um, a team of people that are helping us to walk in our chosen destiny. We should always have that. We should be looking amongst our community, you know, worldwide even, we have this beautiful internet, um, and finding someone 
who we'd like to learn from or who, who we'd like to have as an accountability partner to make sure that we don't get stagnant. You know, there are so many mothers groups and all that kind of things and parent groups and wonderful ways to be a better parent, but it starts with being a better you. Yeah, and as you as you say that, I was remembering um, this visualization exercise that um, Napoleon Hill, you've probably heard of him, right? He wrote Think and Grow Rich. He rec- yes. recommended having these imaginary mentors, you know, picking people, living or dead, who really, really inspire you. Do this kind of exercise where you're visualizing uh, having a conversation with them. Have you heard about that? Absolutely. So I'll tell you a few of mine. So <laughs> Louise Hay is like, um, <laughs> I um, have her as a mentor in my head. Like I've read a lot of her books. I thought, um, oh gosh, just fell out my, um, Wayne Dyer also, um, Oprah Winfrey, Yana Van Zandt, right? These are people that I think I- um, Those are good mentors. Right, those are great mentors, right? And I constantly look to wisdom that I have read um, or interviews I've seen them do and think about, okay, this is what I learned, you know, and it, of course, you know, uh, Wayne, uh, Wayne Dyer and Louise Hay have, have made their transition, but yeah. Oprah Winfrey is still here. Yala Van Zandt is still here. And so I can log on, see what they're talking about. And, I'm, and I'll tell you a lot of times if I'm struggling with something, I'll go and in that moment, something will pop up on my, my feed and, oh my gosh, they're addressing that exact topic. And then, of course, I have my peers, think people, women who um, have lives similar to, to life that I have yeah. that um, are in the field that I have and people who have different lives that um, I reach out to, you know, and uh, can ask, put my hands on and ask questions to. It's so important. And it's our responsibility. I frequently say that we are the CEO of our own life. Put your team in place. Don't try to do this alone. There's so many different obstacles and distractions that could come up. You want to make sure that you are putting together a team that is supportive of you, your growth and development, and helping you to heal where you are. And you you only can do all this stuff through self-awareness. There's so much work with self-awareness. Exactly. And this is a good segue to my next question. Um, Of course, having a support team really helps as you deal with these detours. But um, are there any other ways that you have found to be effective in dealing with, you know, the ups and downs of life? Oh, all those little distractions that don't seem so little when you're in the middle of them, right? But yes, and let me just tell you that in everyday peace and the philosophy that I develop, I teach my clients that to view life differently, to view these distractions differently. And and this is the concept that I have is that everything that showed up in your life, absolutely everything in this moment, in this day, the wanted and the unwanted has shown up for one reason. And that is to bow down and serve you as you consciously move towards your next level of greatness. So that's its purpose, right? But remember, I said you are the CEO of your life. You get to decide how you're going to use that thing that, that's unwanted, right? That showed up in your life. You get to decide whether or not this will be the end of me. This will ruin my day, right? Or, hmm, this will cause me to get curious. I'll go ahead and feel all my emotions because we want that, right? We want to feel those emotions, even though they're sometimes uncomfortable. We do want to experience those emotions and let that happen. But we're not going to lose sight of the fact that this event, this circumstance, this whatever it is, has shown up for one reason. And that's to serve me, to help me get to my next level of greatness. I may not know how. I have to spend a whole time figuring out how. What I have to do is say, I am willing to learn. I am willing to be present. 
and I'm willing to learn. The rest will take care of itself. So approaching everything, and it seems difficult, but remember my 2015 health, wealth, and relationship all seem to be going down the drain all in the same time period. And what I would do is I, I encourage, I teach this. Um, what I would do every morning, and I still do every morning of my life, is I write what I call a gratitude card. The first thing I do in the morning is I open up my nightstand, I pull out a little index card and a pen, and I write down on one side of it three things that I'm thankful for that happened the day before. They already happened. I'm just acknowledging them. That's my that's my honoring the past, right? And then I write down my um, on the other side of that card. I write down three things that I'm grateful for that are going to happen that have not yet happened, right? And that's my intention. That's me setting the intention for my day. And I find that doing that and keeping that card with me all day long um, helps me when I get in those sticky points, when I hit those distractions that you're talking about, right? When something happens and I find my mood taking a dip or I find myself becoming really fearful or anxious or worried. I take that card with me. It goes with me with my office. It goes with me to the gym. It's with me all the time. It's here in my bag beside me right now. <laughs> um, it's with me all the time. So when I get that um, feeling, I pull that card out because I don't have to start digging for something to make me feel better. I get that card. I call it active gratitude card because I actively allow myself to feel the emotions of gratitude, that happiness, that fulfillment, that safety, that security that comes from reading those things that I'm grateful for. You'll be amazed at how that tiny tip refocuses the brain and puts you back on track. Right. Oh, that's beautiful. I mean, I know gratitude works wonders. It certainly worked for me. Um, but what if you are facing a situation where something is really bad and you actually need to do something about it? Um, how can you stay in a space of openness and positivity? People who are perfectionists, um, who tend to fixate on what's wrong, what can they do to change that mindset? I love the fact that you say perfectionists because perfectionists are really interesting people, right? Fixated on what could be better or what is wrong, right? Yeah. So it's a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, and I work in the healthcare industry, right? right, Where where mistakes could be deadly, right? right? So I tell people, yeah. Over 32 years, years, this has been my life, right? So where a mistake can be deadly, right? And everyone's so anxious all of the time, right? Mm -hmm. But to realize that, that anxiety, um, blocks creativity, right? And so I, what I work with my clients on is I tell them all the time, I say, so you trust in imperfections all day long, right? You trust in imperfections all day long. And, you know, in your pursuit of perfection, we don't check our engine before we start the car. We don't pop the hood, check the engine, check all those things before we start. We trust, right? We don't check the chair before we sit down in the chair. We trust, right? So your lack of trust is in, in, it's in yourself. Right. So you have to remind yourself, you have to remind yourself that one, you are trustworthy Two, you are doing your best job. And three, and here's here's the kicker. This is going to get a lot of people that perfection is impossible. Now, as a healthcare professional, who wants to hear that? And, but it is impossible. One person cannot achieve perfection, but a team can come pretty doggone close. 
right? And so I teach that to my team at work. And so that what we realize is that me doing my best, me me doing my what I call my enough, this is my good enough, and you doing your good enough, and all of us co- collectively doing our good enough allows us to be efficient and effective and allows us yeah. to get, you know, get on to the next task in our own lives as well. We're not going to have the answer to everything. We're just not. And if we wait for that, we'll find we'll be standing in the same spot forever. So allow yourself the grace and mercy by using that good memory of yours, who always reminds us all of our wrongs, but using that good memory of yours to tell yourself, the last time I worried about such and such, and it wasn't perfect, but it worked out just fine. Keep those thoughts. And that's why I love journaling. I absolutely love journaling. I encourage that. But use the past for that reason, to remind yourself of how you worried before about something similar like this and how you didn't have the answer then. But how now you stand as the victor over that situation because you're telling us the story about how you worried about it. And you're still here. You're still here. You're still okay. So remind yourself of that. Keep your, your mindset is so very important. I can't overemphasize that. The story that you tell yourself about the situation becomes your reality. There's this saying, uh, the problem is not the problem. The problem is that your attitude about the problem. Right, <laughs> yeah. heard that it's one? <laughs> yeah, right, absolutely. Yeah. It's the story that you tell yourself, right? Yeah. This is the worst of times or this is the best of times. It's the same yeah. times, right? Mm-hmm. So you go through there and, and, and you're right. Sometimes you, and I go back to my 2015, real problems for which you need real solutions for which you have yeah. none right now, right? And it's still going to be okay. You've got to tell yourself that story. And our brain loves to go to the past. So when it goes to the past, start picking up the times of, oh, yeah, I worried about this. Oh, my goodness. Look at how that worked out just fine. I'm still here. I'm still okay. I'm still I know. And as you get older, you have a bigger archive. And that helps. I know it helped me, <laughs> you know, yeah, after absolutely. I hit 35. And I'm like, yeah, been there, done that, you know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And it's, it's, so I mentor students too. I'm a preceptor for students. So I had a new um, student start today and, you know, you could see all the worry on their face. And I think to myself, well, I've been doing this for over 32 years. I can tell you that what you're worried about today, it, you'll be fine. Yeah. It seems so huge, right? It seems so huge. And you want to do your absolute best. And that's it. That's what, that's what's required to do your absolute best, but, in the, but to continue to be loving and kind to yourself in the process. Yeah. And that can be a challenge to do during our um, the age of social media, where we can see people living this, you know, idealized life. I mean, at least it appears to be idealized. We don't know what's really happening. So I think that's like an added pressure um, that a lot of people have to deal with. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting because I love social media, but, you know, we do have to take our breaks from social media. But the thing about social media is this, is that it's designed to to comfort us. Right. People put their best. No one comes on there and says and and puts their argument with their spouse on there. Right. They put the love (laughs) in Valentine's Day because it inspires us. But we have to know in our adult minds, which is why we mm-hmm. limit these technology things to children, right? We say, okay, you, you know, you only can get on for an hour a day. But in our adult minds, in our adult spaces, we've lived long enough to know that life is balanced, that where there is, where there appears to be harmony, there also appears to be disharmony in people's lives too. They're, they cycle just like you do. 
just like you do. But they put up these wonderful images, not for us to get jealous of, but to encourage us that this part of life is going to cycle back around. It is, right? That's the hope and an encouragement. Now we choose to, right? We choose to look at it and it's all a choice and say, oh, nothing ever bad happens to her. Every time she- Oh, they have more likes. They have more (laughs) followers. Right. Yeah. And and that means something to us, right? We feel that 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 means something. Oh, you know, 500 people liked her and only five people liked me. What does that mean? Do you like you? Start well, there. that can literally mean I'm not good enough. Right. Well, and, and not good enough for whom? Right. You have to think about yeah. all of that. Right. Because yeah. if you help one person, I assure you, you do with your smile, your presence, your giving, you do. Is that one person not worthy of you? Of course. Of course. The strength, the magic is in what you do in authenticity. Not in the numbers that you reach. We're all here oh, to reach certain yeah. people. So well right? said, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So be comforted, be comforted. And I know I know. there's a tendency, myself included, you're looking, oh my gosh, I'm, and then you just have to calm down. The reason I ask is because this is, I know that this is an issue a lot of people face. I mean, I wrote an article about it and people really resonated with it. I, it was about being threatened about other people's success. And I think the reason why it, it got a lot of hits is because people are actually, you know, feeling insecure because of the world of social media. So I always like to ask um, experts who are on the show their take on it and what they would recommend. Yeah, and I and I love that, right? It's all perspective. Again, we get to tell ourselves what five hundred means versus five. Mm-hmm. Right? We get to do that. We get to decide. You know, what? Where is my sense of service? Right? What, what does that mean to me? Make it really personal to you. And a lot of times we fixate on someone winning and someone losing. Right? That's such a false perceptive. There is no lack. Right? The number 500 and the number five. And I know a lot of times people say, well, it translates to money, right? It translates to money, maybe. maybe. Especially if you're an influencer. Right, maybe. But one one great client, one, and I, I'm in the business of acquiring clients for what I do. One great client, right, which introduces you to another high-profile client, another high-profile client, is better than 500 clients, 500 likes who no, no one ever buys. Quality over quantity is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Quality over quantity. Keep being your most authentic self. You'll rise to your level of success. I agree. I agree. And do and do work that you love. Uh, and uh, you actually say that not pursuing what we feel called to do deprives our families, communities, and the world. Uh, could you please say more about that? Oh my! This is one of my favorite things. So. And I'll start with my own personal story. So I became a pharmacist. I have a doctor's degree in pharmacy. And people always ask me, how do a pharmacist become an actress or become a life coach? And I said, really, it's the opposite way around. Because um, my passion was in the arts. I was good in math and science. So I did math and science because my mom wanted me to. And I absolutely love helping people. But um, I pursue my passion because, which is the arts and, and life coaching and speaking, because I know that when I do that, when, so, when one person watches me pursue my passion, it lights fire and confidence in them to pursue their passion. It's not just for me. It's for the one person that I may not even know his or her name that's watching and says, oh my gosh, if she could do that, I could do that. So that's one reason. And then there's also the fact that I just talked about before is that 
if I reach one person, and I know that I have one person who says, my life is better because I met you, because you said this to me. And if I hadn't pursued my passion, I would have never reached that person. Not that that person would have never been reached, but I do believe, and this is my belief, that when you do your passion, there are people on this planet who are waiting. And and what you've said is not unique to you. It's been said 10,000 times. But the way you say it in your uniqueness, you know, your special snowflake way, your uniqueness resonates with that person. And it's just the way that they need to hear it. So pursuing your passion is one of these most giving things you could possibly do because it encourages and it helps somebody else. So please don't don't end your life without pursuing that passion. The love you have no idea. You think we think we know what success is defined as. Right? Until you get that email or that letter of that person who says to you, this was the day that I was deciding to do something totally destructive with my life. And then I heard your interview or I read your article or someone to do. You have no idea. So please, whatever it is, I had a client who wanted to make nail polish. And I'll tell the story really quickly. And I wanted to, I wanted to make nail polish. She goes, and I, she goes, and it's not really that fascinating because there's so many nail polish brands out there. I said, well, we do you know anybody who's made their own nail polish brand before? She said, no. I said, so when you do it, someone who knows you will see that you did something and it'll encourage them. So you did it. It's a huge success, right? I'm impressed every time I go on, I see it on Amazon somewhere there. And, um, you know, I'm sure that there's someone in her circle who says, because I know her, she's just an ordinary woman. She did something that seems to be quite extraordinary. I believe I can do it too. Please pursue your passions. You have no idea who you're going to bless. I love that you say that, you know, people are concerned about the fact that everything has already been said and done. I spoke to um, someone who worked at Walt Disney Imagineering, and he said something very interesting. He said that we all have a unique point of view based on our life experiences, our interests, and we should bring that all in when in uh in whatever form of work that we do. As a content producer myself, I'm always um, concerned about the things that I write. I'm like, okay, there are like a a gazillion people have written on this topic, but I know that I have to be able to tell myself that my my own uh, perspective on it, my own take on it is not gonna be like theirs and that I should do it anyway. Yes, because your voice, your life experiences, you know, your point of view, right? The, the, the universal truth is universal truth. It just is, right? And when you really hear universal truth, you know that you are hearing it. You're hearing it repetitively over the ages, right? And But when someone will hear that same truth a thousand times in their lifetime, but when they, res- they see you, there's something about you. You don't even know what it is, but they know what it is. It resonates with them. And you said it, and voila you've reached that person. We have to. That's what we're, we're all here to one another, each other in some capacity, but it only can happen in this authenticity when we embrace our authentic self. And that's a, such a beautiful note to end on, uh, Dr. Jervon. Um, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate all the wisdom that you shared with us today and all the uh, inspiration that you've, uh, you've given us. It's been a pleasure. I'm, I'm hoping that we're catching dreams all over the place. I hope that's what we're going to do for the rest of our lives. Yeah, absolutely. 
And I want to let all our listeners know, um, if you want to know more about uh, Dr. Trevon James, please visit her website, drdravonjames.com. Is there anything else you'd like to add to that? I would also like to say I have a wonderful free Facebook group called Leaders in High Heels, where I work specifically with women to help them reach their next level of greatness in their health, their wealth, and their their relationships. And so we have, I have a 12 week coaching program called Leaders in High Heels, but you can connect with me through uh, the free Facebook page, Leaders in High Heels with Dr. Drayvon James. Perfect. Okay. I'll make sure I'll add that in the, um, in the show notes. All right. Thank you so much, Javon, and uh, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you, you too. It's been a pleasure. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you just heard, please subscribe to my podcast and feel free to share it with your friends and family. Take care and speak soon.